Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. I'm Emily Elizabeth, and I'm the host of the What Fulfills You podcast, a show for and about individuals always seeking to be their best selves. On this show, we talk all about building the mindset, finding the right careers, creating meaningful relationships, and so much more. Welcome to the What Fulfills You podcast. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the What Fulfills You podcast. My name is Emily Elizabeth. I'm your host, and welcome if you're brand new to the show and it's your first time listening. On today's episode, I have a lovely guest, and this is a very versatile business and lifestyle conversation and it is with sam richards who is the ceo of spirited media and fun fact if you've been listening for a while i've actually had one of spirited media's clients on the podcast it is with shirley who is the ceo of mezcal Compante. i will link that episode in the show notes and it's actually available on youtube as well the full video so definitely check it out both the episode and youtube video will be linked but a little bit more about today's guest at a moment when social media was at the forefront of culture and virality was a priority sam richards partnered to form Spirited Media, a marketing collective to ensure minority and family-owned brands had the same support and opportunities to their larger counterparts. Spirited Media is a female-founded business operated solely by women and as the managing partner, 
Richards has found the right outlet to put her entrepreneurial spirit, relentless work ethic, and leadership skills into the spotlight. She has also been able to use her expertise to help clients leverage social media as more than just a driver of sales, but also a place for their brand to connect with their community at a deeper level, a place where they can share their unique perspectives and experiences. Awarded as Adweek's 2022 Young Influential, Sam is actively working with clients to shift their brand persona to encapsulate every distinct aspect of their brand, not just the business side. So like I said, this conversation is very versatile and I love that we were able to touch a little bit on everything because as always, I feel like that highlights the person in the best way. And so with that being said, let's welcome Sam to the podcast. Well, Sam, thank you so much for joining me today. I feel, luckily, I'm not hungover from the vodka event. <laughs> right. When you drink good vodka, you don't get hungover. It was great. It yeah. was great. For for context, you guys, I'm talking about this uh, vodka event that Sam had me at last night. And obviously, it's hosted by Spirited Media, right? And we'll dive into that today. But I did want to start off with just the ultimate like foundation so everyone kind of understands your background and like what you do career-wise. What is Spirited Media in your own terms, and what is your role specifically? Yeah, so Spirited Media is a socially native marketing agency. We typically steer away from the word agency. So Mm -hmm. in our branding, we call ourselves a creative collective, Mm -hmm. but agency is a more common term. Mm -hmm. Why we avoid it, though, is there's a lot of negative connotation with agencies and how they are supporting their clients and then their model's a little different than ours. So we structured our company to be a little smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, we work with freelancers a lot, and we find the best fit for each project versus forcing a fit on a creator. Mm. I feel like with the pandemic, a lot of people realized they wanted to be their own boss, like me. Mm-hmm. I think like you. There's mm-hmm. just so many people who have that in them, and we don't want to fit someone into our mold. So we like to work with those people. They can create their own schedule. They help us. Hopefully, we're helping them. So I'm curious, though, too, because I was looking on your website. I feel like this was kind of my assumption, but I wanted to check it before I assumed. Do you guys primarily focus with like alcohol and spirits or do you expand a little bit outside of that? Yeah. So primarily alcohol, spirits. Yeah. I'd say beverages in general. Beverages. So non-alcoholic movement yeah. is huge right now. Yeah. Um, I love non-alcoholic options. <laughs> so we're pretty open to like yeah. that whole sector. But beverages. Yep. That is so smart because I was looking at it too. And I think anyone listening uh, business-wise, I think that is pretty important, especially when you're starting to have mm-hmm. a pretty core focus because I was thinking about it. And I've been, you know, in marketing and social media for on both ends as a creator and um, on the other side. And I was thinking how I never actually have come across a you know agency or or marketing company that actually focuses on beverages at least like someone that i've like like a smaller one you know like boutique style so i think that's like really smart that you guys approached it that way yeah i feel like there's so many different models and you probably are experiencing this too with your agency Mm -hmm. i think eventually we'll see like tiktok agencies if there aren't any already there's influencer companies yeah there are companies who only do digital marketing Mm -hmm. and for us it's let's do an omni-channel marketing campaign but for a really specific industry Mm. and it's worked really well yeah the founder elisa she is such an expert with spirits she's been Mm. doing it for well over a decade yeah so it's like how do we leverage all this knowledge that she has and really help people yeah um and then me on the social media front it's like combining the two that is that is so wild 
wise that you guys actually saw kind of, I guess, in my eyes, like kind of like a gap mm-hmm. and like a white space in that because um, I think sometimes a lot of people are looking to do all of them. And when I observe it, and even when I at one point considered, oh, should I add this on or should I add this on to the services? And I realized like if you add on and try to scale faster than you're able to and also over your capabilities, mm-hmm. it's not going to be like focus on what you're the best at. A hundred percent. And it's yeah. it's easy to get tied up in that. Mm. Like we'll have clients, everyone needs content. Totally. And I used to do photography on the side. Okay. And I'd be like, of course, we're happy to help with that. But then when you look at our time spent getting that put together mm-hmm. versus bringing in a photographer who has done this specific industry for decades can mm-hmm. turn around a shoot really efficiently. Mm-hmm. It's not only a better investment of our time and effort, but our clients yeah. too. So it's knowing, like you said, what you're good at, what your client needs, and then who can help with the, the rest. Yeah. Speaking of experience, I was obviously LinkedIn stalking. <laughs> and I'm so curious because I feel like we kind of had similar experiences in the sense of like, you know, a little bit of marketing, a little bit of sales at mm-hmm. other companies. Can you share a little bit of your work experience and how it led up to joining Spirited Media? I was talking to some students at University of Texas the other week. Okay. And I was saying how my parents, I grew up in the Midwest. Okay. And my parents were at companies for 20 plus years. Mm-hmm. And that was the norm. I Mm -hmm. definitely jumped around and was able to experience a lot of different aspects of work responsibilities in a short amount of time, and I couldn't recommend it enough. So Mm -hmm. I started out in L.A. and was an assistant at a talent agency, and I say there I learned just like the skills of being a good employee Mm -hmm. and managing a schedule, knowing how to email someone correctly, all those little details that sometimes take a little longer to learn in college because you're not taking a class on it. Right. I then went in-house at Erwan, which is a grocery Mm -hmm. store in L.A. Yeah, the Uh, bougiest grocery store like anyone might ever see. And I would work from the store. They didn't have an office at the time. So anytime I needed like a creative surge, I would just walk through the aisles and like see all these cool products. Oh, interesting. And it was they didn't even have a full marketing team. Oh, really? Yeah. So it was early on. We were just opening up a few stores. Okay. And now they're like such a blueprint. They are. For their influencer smoothies and all these. (sighs) different strategies. So it's really cool to see their growth. Mm -hmm. Um, Loved in-house, had to wear a lot of hats. Okay. Saw that I had a little bit of a specialty with that, Mm. being good at a lot of things and not maybe being an expert at one thing. I liked dipping my toes in a few varieties Mm -hmm. of marketing. Mm -hmm. Went to an agency and then had the experience of working with a skew of clients, hospitality, restaurants, hotels, and then some spirit brands. Mm -hmm. I ended up just getting a lot of spirit brands as time went on and as I mm. grew within the company and just loved it. Okay. It's a lot different than other marketing. Right. Um, there's a lot of legality with it yeah. and nuances. Mm-hmm. And I had a client with an internal PR manager who was Elisa. Mm. And we just really hit it off. And then the pandemic hit and we ended up talking a lot more and more. And I was looking for a new opportunity and also had pretty low risk. I moved back home with my parents during the pandemic. Okay. So I could be a little more advantageous to opportunities totally. that maybe I wouldn't have been when I was living in L.A. Yeah. And she was starting a company. She told me her pitch. It resonated with me so quickly. I don't even think I let her finish her full <laughs> pitch before. I was like, I'm in. Okay. Like, when do we start? Yeah. And I think within like two months, we started. 
Oh, that's amazing. And so where she was internal, she brought them on as our first client. Oh, really? Yeah. Was that risky? Like, because you know what I mean? Like taking a client that like you had from another company you worked at? What was that process? (laughs) So luckily they left our agency that I was at well before they took everything in-house during the pandemic. Okay. So I was at the agency. They finished their time with us kept everything internal and then her night it was probably six months later mm-hmm. that we reconnected okay so it was a really smooth transition mm-hmm. um, and then they trusted her so much and saw the work she did for them mm-hmm. that when she told them she was looking to start a company and mm-hmm. would want to take them on as a client mm-hmm. versus be in-house again they were like where do we sign oh I yeah. love that and they were all for it and so supportive yeah how did the process then after that go into when you when it came to finding new clients and actually building your portfolio and then actually, I guess, the beginning, let's just say first two years of, you know, getting the company off the ground, um, you know, knowing how to pay or pay yourself? How what was that process like? The paying yourself thing is so funny. Right. Because <laughs> you always just want to invest as much as you can into the company, mm-hmm. but then you need to pay rent and survive. (laughs) Right, right. So that's like a learning curve and process. Mm -hmm. Um, And Elise and I balance each other out really well with that. Mm -hmm. And we have a great accountant Mm. who talks us off ledges on the daily. Yeah. And is so reassuring um, and teaches us along the way, which I think is so important. Mm -hmm. For new business at first, like that first year, Mm -hmm. you want to be careful when you slide into someone's DMs because you don't know if they have an internal social media manager or an agency they're working with. Mm -hmm. Anytime I've worked on a brand and someone's reached out, I always thought it was so flattering Mm -hmm. because they were sold enough on the product that they wanted to work with it. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I would do and what Elisa would do is we would look at the connections we might have had already. Mm -hmm. We had an Excel grid, and I Mm -hmm. think there's like over 500 spirit brands on it now. Wow. We would track like new products in the space, Mm. um, products that like inspired us. And we really focused then on female founded, mm-hmm. minority owned or like family owned spirit brands. Mm-hmm. We'd find their emails, email them, message them on Instagram, find them on LinkedIn mm-hmm. and really just talk to them about why we are so passionate about what they do mm. and would love to learn more. Mm. There are so many no responses. There are so many um, we're not interested. And I feel like that mm. really is part of the process. You hear a lot of people talk about that. Yeah. And then we were able to get our foot in the door with brands. Mm-hmm. And my dad always told me like a measure of success is that word of mouth marketing. Mm-hmm. Even if our, with our clients, we say that. Yeah. Once you can have people talk about your product, yeah. it's such a huge step. Mm -hmm. traditional marketing there's a reason why it worked and still works Mm -hmm. so now two years or so later we've been able to have a lot of referrals Mm. and have a wait list yeah and it was a process and it feels like a really big point in our career that we were able to get there but yeah that first two years Mm -hmm. it was just a lot of research and reaching out and making those connections yeah and learning where people's problems were and then building spirited to be the solution to those problems was there ever a point in the first year where you guys were concerned that you guys maybe didn't have enough clients or like not enough to kind of like keep it going upwards you know what I mean because I feel like that is on average, a pretty common obstacle a lot of people find themselves in 
when they are starting something new. Mm -hmm. It's like that first year to two years where you're like growing, but like you're not 100% sure yet. You know what I mean? Like there's like different maybe pivot points. Totally. I think even still to this day, there's like imposter syndrome. For sure. (laughs) And that is with anything people do for Mm -hmm. the most part. Um, What we try to do is leverage our past experience Mm -hmm. with other brands and then lean into that we were new. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the brands we worked with were also new within their industry. Right. So it's how can we help each other and proving to them that we're going to be a great partner. Yeah. And it's building that trust. So we would offer special introductory scopes mm-hmm. and really focus on showing them our value mm-hmm. so then we can help them succeed. Yeah. Um, I think being transparent as possible and showing them how passionate we were really helped us mm-hmm. and then being patient yeah which is like never fun to hear yeah but elisa was so good at that that everything will come back around mm-hmm. and it's always a good reminder to have someone with that mindset yeah because a lot of the new business that we were talking to early on ended up coming back around mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. email was in the spam folder or yeah. it wasn't a good time yeah um so you just never know how things will work out yeah but somehow they always do it's funny because that happened to me too where there was like a really big client where I think it was about a year and a half later did mm-hmm. I finally get a like a property from their portfolio of hotels and it was like a year and a half of just kind of keeping in touch building the relationship and it was one of those things where I knew once I was able to kind of prove the value to them that I'd be able to like retain them and like mm-hmm. bring on more properties, but it was just like a patience game, which was so tough because it was a right. year and a half. Yeah. You know, <laughs> which is <laughs> and it's hard not to get discouraged. Yeah. You did professional figure or figure skating. Yeah. Figure yeah. skating, competitive figure skating. Mm-hmm. It's like that same thing where it's such a process and you have to be dedicated to the practice yeah. to get a long term result yeah. for the performance. And those first few years, we were really just working out the kinks to our practice. Yeah. So it's like, really streamlining our onboarding process, Mm -hmm. getting all the back end work done. So now that we have a steady flow of new business, it's just like a well-oiled machine. Yeah. So how old were you when you when you joined Spirited Media and like started doing this? I was 25. 25? Yeah. Okay. So I was thinking about that because I'm thinking, okay, you're starting this new business, you're grinding. How are you making time for other things outside? Because 25 is kind of like that prime, those starting the beginning of like the prime years of like enjoying your 20s. Yeah. And really, you know, living life and having experience, right? But like, how were you building time outside of the focus of your business and, and growing that? I'll be honest, and I always try and be honest when I talk to people about this. I didn't have good balance, mm-hmm. but it also leaned into the circumstances. I had so much fun in my early 20s. Okay. I was living in LA with all my friends from college. Mm-hmm. I was early in my career and was able to balance working hard and playing hard. Mm -hmm. But then the pandemic hit and I moved back in with my parents and lived with them in their basement. So that was such a blessing for me. Mm -hmm. My parents became like two of my closest friends during that time and I had no distractions. Mm -hmm. So when Elisa came to me with Spirited, it was so fulfilling mm. because we were limited to what we could do during the pandemic for safety. I was yeah. living with my parents and I didn't want to risk anything for them. Mm-hmm. So I had this time and I just had to figure out how I wanted to use it. Mm. And to me, what fulfilled me, mm-hmm. podcast, <laughs> was 
working with Elisa on this mm. and like seeing what we could do and what we could be capable of. Mm-hmm. So I really did put my all into it. Yeah. Um, over the past few years, I moved to Austin. Yeah. And having a social life and finding balance has been something I've been working on. Mm hmm. Even just little things, like I got one of those treadmill walking pads yeah. at my desk. So I'm trying to think of ways I can like habit stack yeah. to then have time to like grab dinner with my friends mm-hmm. or using time with my friends in a way that's like productive to both of us, mm-hmm. going on walks, things like that. Mm-hmm. And knowing that what we're doing in marketing is really crucial, mm-hmm. but we're not saving lives at the end of the day. Yeah. And to take some stress off myself. Yeah. And a lot of those moments you get, I mean, you never know who you're going to meet. Right. And there are times where I've done stuff or even just like gone to a movie, mm-hmm. like that new Air movie for mm-hmm. Nike. Yeah. And I take so much inspiration from that that mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it really helps what I'm doing for my clients and my business. Mm-hmm. So reminding myself that those experiences aren't a waste of time. Mm-hmm. Traveling isn't a waste of time. Yeah. Not always having to, like, read a self-help book, but, like, read a book that is interesting to me. Mm -hmm. There's so many ways you can always, like, tie it back to what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So that's a work in progress. Yeah. If you have any tips, I'm all yours. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's funny because I feel like that's something I reflect on a lot, especially, you know, I just turned 26. And so, you know, it is a prime few years. I mean, I think the next – like, I've always said it, you know, after you graduate, you really live that – YOLO post-grad life. Yeah. I had that from like 22 to 24. I moved here six months after I turned 24. And I think that's when I slowly started to become a little more serious with Mm -hmm. my career trajectory, my adult life, all of those things. And then I realized, um, you know, having some older girlfriends who are like 28, 29, 30, they were kind of expressing just thoughts on, okay, if they were single or if they haven't really had a past relationship where it was like serious, for example, where they felt like it was worth their time, they were starting to realize like, ah, maybe I should stop wasting my time on like just, you know, dilly-dallying around. And so to me, I've been very reflective on how to prioritize like and you know like if it's like a partner or like with someone you actually enjoy with and then like your friends and Mm -hmm. then your work things like that um i feel like it's getting clear on what it is that you want not necessarily like for me i don't know about you but i've never been the type of person to be like i want to be married by this age and have these kids and this family, I'm a little bit more of, I want a lifelong partner, Mm -hmm. but that's kind of like the first step. I'm not looking to have a family by X year, which I feel like can often limit women more so for sometimes obvious reasons, but um, it can limit this like you feel like resistance towards like, okay, I need to like get this now. And so I think sometimes it's like finding the balance of still putting time for yourself and progressing whatever it is that you want, but also realizing the reality of time is passing Mm -hmm. too. You know what I mean? And you do need to put some priority in that or else there will be a point where it's kind of go right past you, Yeah, you know? So I think it's reminding myself of that is kind of how I do it. Yeah. I used to be so tripped up on the future too. Mm -hmm. Like when I was in high school, I would dream of college Mm -hmm. and like what I could – what I could accomplish. Yeah. When I was in college, all I could think about was like post-grad mm. and always on to the next thing that I really struggle with being present. Yeah. I don't know. Have you read Four Agreements? 
No, but I, I, when I read the back of the cover, I was like, I already like resonated with it. So that's why I didn't read it. Yeah. But I, I agree with the four agreements. Yeah. I feel like what you're saying really aligns with it too. But after I read that book, it helped me a lot be a little more present. Mm. And so obviously a work in progress every day on that too, but mm-hmm. focusing on what I'm doing now mm-hmm. and knowing that the future will figure itself out. Like if I'm supposed to have a long-term partner, it's going to happen either way. Yeah. If I'm lucky enough to have kids it'll happen somewhere or another Mm -hmm. and stressing myself out now about that yeah isn't helping present me or future me yeah again sometimes i have to remind myself more yeah than other times for sure even just with work right now Mm -hmm. i am so lucky that i love what i do and Mm -hmm. that i can work really late and Mm -hmm. i'm not stressed about it it's actually because i enjoy doing it Mm -hmm. if that were to ever change then i can reassess yeah. But right now, it's it's really fun for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I was thinking about that, too, which is, I don't know if you felt this way, especially in the early days of building Spirited Media, but I always was like, I got to focus only on my career mm-hmm. and myself. Like, no guy can, like, pass this emotional boundary <laughs> I had. I was very much like that when I was living in L.A. And then I think that changed when I moved to New York, realizing... Um, and I think I, maybe it's because I heard this as feedback from other really successful women who are founders mm-hmm. in their in their 40s. And they kind of mentioned, you know, um, not to be so hyper focused on that part of your life, because there will come a time if if you don't open the door for that, you will lose out on opportunities. So it's like, yes, allow like acknowledging that it'll come when it comes but also if you keep that door shut like you won't be able to see that opportunity and so like that 50 50 moment of um kind of for me it was like telling myself okay you gotta like stop thinking you can only focus on this because because there's life outside of it too yeah i'm so bad at that too (laughs) and again just so lucky to have elisa as my partner in this yeah me and my boyfriend went on a trip and i was like oh like i shouldn't go like i have so much to do and she was like look we are always going to have so much to do. Yeah. You have an opportunity to go visit your grandparents in like Wyoming and Mm -hmm. ski and like have fun for a few days. Mm -hmm. Do that and we have your back. Yeah. So having a good partner in work and in life, I feel like goes hand in hand. Yeah. And someone to push you to have fun. Mm -hmm. And then I'm with someone who also is balancing like a job and starting a business. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes our quality time is like working together. Yeah. And I think that helps too, is having someone in a similar stage of life mm-hmm. that we fit well and we're not forcing one another to live a certain way. I like that you said the this, this similar stage of life because mm-hmm. I feel like that's actually ironically what I was sharing with some girlfriends the other week, which is just how much easier it is to do life with someone that is in a similar stage. And sometimes... For example, like I have a thing with like dating older guys mm-hmm. and a lot some of my girlfriends would be like that's like they didn't get it. And then some also really got it because they're yeah. like one of them made a comment. They're like, yeah, it's like because you kind of progress in your adult life really fa- like fast for your age. It kind of makes sense why you're going to be dating someone in that part of life. And it just happens to be that they're around this age. Right. Whereas a guy in New York, especially at like 26, 27, 28, they are having fun. They are drinking a lot, going out with their boys, uh, definitely working a lot, trying to yeah. like figure that path out. So I feel like that can cause a lot of friction mm-hmm. when you are partnering up with someone that is like still focused on this. And maybe like for me and for you as well, it's like I'm building, I'm growing and I would love to be building and growing alongside with someone. You totally. know, that's like yeah. it makes it so much easier. So much easier. And like the best thing you can do in a relationship 
friendship, partnership, business is let someone be 100% them Mm -hmm. and let them be free. And if you're two paths are aligned, mm-hmm. then it is so enjoyable and it's so great to have that company. Yeah, Is someone's path going to change one day? Potentially. And that's totally okay. I would hate to force someone to live my life and like mm-hmm. work late on a Friday night when yeah. they want to go out with friends. For sure. They should. For sure. And if it works, it works. And if it's not working, then there's so many people out there, right? Yeah. 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 And I think it's uh, kind of nice to, I think back like when I had a boyfriend in college for four years, like we used to go to the library together to like, yeah. I mean, again, this is like final exams and like stuff like that. And that's such a college thing. But I think back to how like, I, I enjoy that too, like with a partner where it's like, hey, let's go, you know, sit down at a coffee shop, work for a few hours, like Saturday morning, you know, like it's kind of nice to have someone to push you as well because mm-hmm. you know you're, you're being held accountable like hey let's wake up at the same time and let's get our ass out the door and like go work you know yeah. it's nice to be able to do that with the partner a hundred percent and also just going to people for advice i love asking mm-hmm. people for advice in my circle and knowing that i can rely on people close to me when i want to double check something or mm-hmm. hey is this how you would handle it too it it's fun to have those conversations for me that's so stimulating and yeah. i could like talk business with people for hours and to, mm-hmm. to have someone who's similar like that, it, it works well. Yeah. Do you ever find yourself like, I guess maybe like stuck in your own, um, like you, you see from an outside lens, like, oh, I often approach a situation like this, especially as like a businesswoman. And do you ever feel like I need to get a non-business type of person lens? Like, is that ever something you do? Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Yeah, I, I'm uptight. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> when you like grow up early mm-hmm. and want to start a career early, you try and carry yourself a certain way. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes I take myself a little too seriously when it comes to work. Mm. And Elise is business minded, yeah. but she's so much better at just like letting things come and go. Right. So she's a great person for me oh, to that's bounce nice. things off. It works really well. Yeah. And when she's like maybe needing a, the alternative perspective, she mm-hmm. can come to me. So it's like a really uh, good way to balance each other out. Yeah. Like the complimenting kind of yin yang. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Do you guys know your Myers Briggs by any chance? Like the personality? We 
do we actually did the Clifton okay. strength test with our team. Oh, okay. I don't know if you're familiar with I that. am. I don't remember mine though. I took that a while ago. Yeah. Our intern brought it up. She took it in school and okay. she sold us on it. So we had our team do it. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. And Elisa and I are the exact opposites. Yeah. So all my strengths were lower on her list. Yeah. And all her strengths were way lower on my list. Yeah. And it's just it worked out. We I wouldn't say we were friends first. We had a business relationship first yeah and then we became co-partners in the company Mm -hmm. together and now we're very close friends Mm -hmm. and I feel like that helps too because we have our business hats on and can have serious conversations Mm -hmm. but then she's asking me what I got for dinner a few hours later and there is that balance and separation which I think helps our dynamic how do you actually maintain a healthy relationship as both because I feel like that is probably also one of the biggest obstacles mm-hmm. everyone has when they are trying to pair up with a business partner uh, that is either like prior a friend but, or maybe like slowly becoming a friend in that process. But like, how do you keep that where, you know what I mean? Because even it's like roommates, right? Yeah. Where like you're moving in with one of your best friends and then you guys have li- different living styles, let's just say. And that can make the friendship go downhill, unfortunately, because of, you know, one's really messy, one's really clean, you're fighting about stuff like that and it's sometimes just like life skills on knowing how to find this the balance in the sweet spot that doesn't uh, ruin the friendship in that case right so how do you guys do it as business partners and friends I think it's reminding ourselves that like it isn't personal I don't think I have a bad thing to say about who she is as a person Mm -hmm. but I think we're always working on both being better owners of a business totally and so it's knowing when we're helping each other on that front Mm -hmm. and being respectful of how we talk to each other and being patient with each other we call anything that maybe we have different viewpoints on business disagreements okay so it's not like we're fighting right it's nothing to do with a friendship yeah it's different viewpoints and then how can we either one trust the other person Mm -hmm. and lead with their decision or find like a middle ground yeah i think it's also she's so good at being in touch with like her emotions Uh and that's something i have to work on a lot more okay and so she is really good at reminding me like your tone of voice is really monotone right now and i feel like yeah 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 you feel this way okay and then i respond oh my gosh in my head I couldn't be more proud of you. Or you know what I mean? That's so funny. I got told I, that before too, actually. Yeah, I don't yeah. think much of it. Mm. Or like for me, I really try and remind her like how great things are going because I can be more reserved on my emotions. Totally. Um, so it is a good balance, but it, it it's like a relationship. Yes. Everyone communicates differently. So yeah. it's how do you communicate so the other person's hearing you? Right. Even with clients, you have to think about that. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's why, you know, again, I'm thinking of just like my younger self if I was listening to this. Like, I'd be so curious about how do you do that? Because I once had an an old podcast many years ago with a co-host who primarily is just a YouTuber. And I remember uh, we ended up just not following through with like continuing on the podcast because I just, you know, overall, we were kind of going through different life shifts. I had just graduated from college. She was just, I think, more focused on YouTube. And I think 
Although internally, it was also more of we had a, a very different approach to business in terms of what we felt like uh, one another should do and uh, communication expectations. And so for me, it was, you know, more or less, it's kind of like a failure, but also just like you see, okay, I wouldn't do business with that type of person. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I were to do business with another person again, what is it that I should look out for? What is it that I could do to improve communication, um, vice versa, things like that? Because I think that's just something that there's no like manual for that, you know? No. It's actually interesting. My parents have always given me and my sisters the advice or their theory on their marriage. Mm. And when I was younger, it kind of like broke my um, perception of fairy tales. But now I'm really appreciative of how they positioned it. They always told us that they could have made a marriage work with a lot of different people. Mm. They weren't exclusively dating until they were engaged. Really? Yeah. So, like, they were dating other people before they got engaged. Really? That's, like, back in the day, too. Yeah. Oh, wow. Because I feel like back in the day was a little different than it is, like, today it's very, like, almost assumed, especially in American culture. Right. But back then, that was, like, kind of a thing. Oh, yeah. And they, like, she was still in college and he had graduated a few years earlier. They met in college. Okay. And he was like, I wanted her to have her best best experience, like go to formals, go on dates. And he was like, if I wanted to go on a date, I should. They were in separate states then. Okay. So it wasn't like they could text all the time or see what each other was doing on social media. So I think it built this foundation of trust. And then also, I'm sure this is how they tell it. I'm sure they weren't like going crazy with dating. Right, right, right. But then they got engaged. And obviously, I think my dad was like, so you'll stop seeing other people, right? And my mom was like, yeah, yeah, I'll stop seeing other people. (laughs) But at the end of the day, they made the choice that they were the person they wanted to make it work with. And every day is a choice for them to Mm -hmm. make it work. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really common for a lot of relationships and even business partners, too, is every day, Elise and I will make a choice to make it work. Mm -hmm. Things can be going great and really easy. Maybe in the future we could go through a harder time, but we're Mm going to choose to make it work with each other. Mm -hmm. Even if that means like going to business coaching or mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. business therapy. Right. But we both committed to spirited and yeah. it's always just like learning and growing together. Life will change. Mm-hmm. We'll be in different stages of life. Um, and it's just like hearing each other out mm-hmm. and coming from a genuine place, I think, has really helped us. I'm thinking about the theory on marriage because at the same time, though, they like after, you know, let's just say a couple different people that they've dated, mm-hmm. there was clearly a better connection with one another that right. made them go, okay, like we should be engaged, right? Yeah. So I think that that's a factor in, I think, connection where I think while there's, I don't believe in one soulmate per se, or mm-hmm. I'm not even sure necessarily like the soulmate, the twin flames, like all this stuff, but I do kind of believe that there are a select few people in life that you'll have a strong enough connection with that will make you feel enticed to want something extremely more with them. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know about your experience. I feel like I've been with a lot of guys in my past where it was like, I like you, but definitely not enough to date you or let alone, <laughs> um, you know, ever have the idea that I could do like life with you. Right. And so I think those are more common. But then some people will just stick stick with those because like to go deeper is like a higher risk, higher reward, you right. know. Um, but I had the founder of SLT on uh, the other week and she mentioned the same thing, similar in that she's been with her partner for 20 years on and off, mm-hmm. but they're not married. Cool. I like that. Uh, yeah. And um, she did say, though, that some of the red flags or initial things that she 
couldn't like see herself marrying him for because of that um she just decided to live with it like she chose to live with those things as he has chosen chosen to live with the 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 disagreements or like the red flags of her that he didn't initially want in a partner Mm -hmm. but over time like their connection was so strong that they would come back to each other after you know dating other people and she just said she's she just lives with it and yeah. there's just some people like no one's ever going to be perfect 100%. business and personal friendships even right? right but you choose who you will like stick that out for mm-hmm. you know what i mean like some yeah. people like i don't know friends often will give feedback like oh why would you be with them like you know why would you stay friends with them after that or why would you stick with this person after that but it's kind of, like you said, a choice, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, something else I think has to be a little bit stronger. But like it, it it makes you feel the desire of I will still choose to be – to show up and, and be there with that person. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it also plays into like compatibility. Yeah. Which I didn't think much about early on in dating. Mm-hmm. But – compatibility for me and Elisa is we're like opposite sides of the spectrum right right compatibility for me and the person I'm dating we're like very much on the similar page okay and so like I see benefits to that Mm -hmm. and then I also see benefits to Elisa and I yeah um so I think it like really depends but even just like living with someone's red flags what it comes down to for me is accepting someone like for who they are right and then either I can live with that Mm -hmm. or if I can it's up to me to walk away right and I think that's when it gets tricky when people yet yeah get deeper and deeper but I really respect I need to listen to that full episode I started it yeah yeah and I I was just impressed too because she was saying just how you know some of her girlfriends who are in their you know mid late 40s uh, some of them are single now and they don't want to be single Mm -hmm. and she said that she from observation over the 20 years she finds that it's Primarily because they were hyper focused on the red flag mm-hmm. or red flags and was like, I can't be with them. But everything else was like a fit. Right. But it was like this one thing. And it's kind of like, can you almost like get over yourself a little bit yeah. to live with it? Like, is that person worth it enough to live with with that? You know, totally. Um, and and I think in, in that sense, it's, it's accepting like that's who they are. Mm-hmm. And I'll still love them for it. I don't right. love that part of them, but I will find a way to live with it. Like I will find a way to choose to live with it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? A hundred percent. It is interesting. I feel like we focus so much as a society on like a laundry list of what we need in a partner. Yeah. From appearance to status. <laughs> yes. And at the end of the day, you get so caught up in that you could be missing someone right in front of you. Right. Who wasn't anything on your list, but like ends up being so much more in your life. Yes. Yes. So it's like, again, going back to even being present. Mm -hmm. And I feel like online dating makes that hard. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's great, too. But you always have all these options. Mm -hmm. Even in business, there's always going to be another option, another client. Yes. Your client is going to have a ton of options. Mm -hmm. But you need to learn how to be like the best version of you mm-hmm. and then be really trusting of your intuition and the choice you made. Yeah. Um, because yeah, I feel like people can get caught up in the next best thing. I actually met, I was in Italy a couple weeks ago and I was, my friend and I, we were sitting next to this couple who are just philanthropists now. They're in their early 80s, I think like 83, 84. Okay, goals. Yeah. And they're from the UK and they were just like traveling there. And we ended up in a really deep conversation with them. And the husband, he had sold 
two insurance companies, um, I think both of them to, or at least one of them to Alliance, which is like this German, um, bigger German insurance company, if I'm not mistaken. And long story short, I was picking their brain as to kind of the success in their marriage. Yeah. They've been married since 25, 26, and now they're like 82, 83. So long ass time. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they've lived in Singapore together. They, they raised some of their children like over there for a little bit. They traveled all throughout the US. They just done a lot in their life. And I kind of asked um, both of them, and then he kind of gave some feedback as to why he's had that level of success in like his career and his marriage and like family and just enjoying life. And he talked about how it was because of his narrow focus. It was narrow and deep versus mm-hmm. he talked about his son who's in his 40s and no, not married yet. Mm-hmm. Not that that's a bad thing, but they were just kind of making a comment like, you know, so-and-so, he's he's kind of spread thin, you know. He'd go out with his friends, grab a beer, and then the husband like jumped in and he's like, yeah, I wouldn't do that. And it was interesting to me because my friend and I, he's in business too, and we were reflecting as, you know, we see how these successful people are laser focused like he was saying like i'm not going out looking for options i I have my wife like she's my rock or you know even he even said it too like his career trajectory went up actually after he got married to her because i think it's it's almost like subconsciously you've got that locked down already and then you can Mm -hmm. actually like focus on this part and then that's when he you know became really successful in business um but i found that interesting because today we are we have so many options to look at social media, mm-hmm. the scrolling and all those things. Right. And so it, it makes me reflect every time. Why is it that certain people have success like that? And you kind of see the common denominator, which is that they're not constantly looking at the next best thing. Right. They have their blinders on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. The laser focus. And I look yeah. at that for athletes, too. I'm a huge, 100%. you know, like former tennis player. And so I look at like Roger Federer, who's like extremely successful. He hosted the Met Gala. So, um, you know, his wife or partner, they've been together for a long time since he was like 20, like early 20s. And she's four years older than him. And so they just been like together for, I think, close to 20 years, if Mm -hmm. not that. And um, to me, you know, I think when you have that level of success, someone like Roger Federer, you know, number one in the world for a long time and top three for a long time. And, you know, naturally you're you're going to get maybe tempted, you would think, or you have a lot of offers, options, you know, beautiful women, like beautiful things to do in life. And mm-hmm. he was laser focused. Like he was the athlete that actually never had a scandal of any kind. Um, and I just am impressed because I think that's yeah. extremely, extremely hard to do. Right. You know, I don't, I wouldn't expect anyone to be able to do that mm-hmm. because it's so hard. Like, yeah. you know, you, like when you're at that place in life and you, you do get those options, it's human nature, I think, to kind of look and see, right? Right. Your ego gets the best of you. Ego. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think people measure success so differently. Mm -hmm. Like I have two older sisters and they're both so successful in my eyes. Mm -hmm. One is like VP at a major marketing and PR agency in Chicago. Nice. The other is living with her husband. She is NP. So Mm -hmm. like nurse practitioner. Nice. They live in Iowa. They have a puppy like the puppy is so well trained. Mm-hmm. They're just so successful to me, mm-hmm. but in different stages of different points of their life. Mm-hmm. And I think that's another thing is people think success is one thing. 
And a lot of people get caught up in the media's representation of success, which mm-hmm. is maybe having a lot of options. Right. And I think we're too caught up in that. Mm-hmm. And I think if we can steer away from that a little, which I feel like we've actually, like as a society, yeah. started to talk about more. Yeah. Um, I think people would be a lot happier. I agree. And yeah. I mean, there's something to be said to how, you know, apparently there's a study, I never looked into it deeply, but arranged marriages actually happen to be like one of the most successful, actually, yeah. or the happiest, or I don't know, it's correlated or both, but something to that extent, I mm-hmm. never looked into it. But it's it's sometimes kind of that question of, is it because because it got paired up, they chose they chose that life, you know, and, and right. they didn't choose to, like, look at other options kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It makes me really curious. It's you so know? interesting. Yeah. I love learning about that stuff. Psychology classes in college are always my favorite. Yeah. It's like study of people. Mm-hmm. And I feel like for us in marketing, mm-hmm. that's what we do. Yeah. We want to understand how people make decisions. Yeah. Um, and all this stuff goes into that, like, even trends. Right. Like, relationship trends affect how people are buying or spending their time. How are you using that specifically for spirits and alcohol? Like, I, I'm because sh- I personally don't know about it, but I'm sure a lot of people are curious. What's some of the crazy differences that you're doing and have to pay attention to for alcohol versus mm-hmm. just a generic, I don't know, like, clothing brand, right? Yeah. So there are like the technical components. Mm -hmm. When it comes to partnerships, Mm -hmm. we have to be really mindful of someone's age. So we need them to be 25 or older. Mm. Um, 21-year-olds will still have somewhat of a young audience. So not only are we looking at the person we're working with, but Mm -hmm. who's their audience. If it's not 75% 21 and older, we technically can't work with them. Oh, really? Yeah. And that's why TikTok was really hard for spirit brands for a while because their age demographic skewed a lot lower. Yeah. Um, and I think they just kind of got above that cap now. So mm-hmm. we'll see how liquor brands start to have a presence on TikTok. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. those are like the more technical side of things. I think on the lifestyle trends and consumer habits, mm-hmm. the sober curious movement is Mm -hmm. really popular right now. And I would peg myself as someone who is really interested in that lifestyle. Mm -hmm. I love how I feel on a Sunday morning when I either drank a really quality spirit the night before or didn't drink. Yeah, Um, We can really use that to our advantage with clients because all of our clients are really quality spirits. Mm -hmm. People now are looking to drink smarter and not harder or more. Yeah. Alcohol is never going to go away. Yeah. I think there's space for both sober decisions Mm -hmm. and people to continue to celebrate with spirits. Mm -hmm. So it's how do we position their products to talk to that person? Being transparent about the ingredients Mm. is really huge. Um, Not pushing over consumption or a certain lifestyle. (laughs) And it's an addition to someone's lifestyle. Yeah. So just it's speaking in their language Mm -hmm. and not trying to capitalize on trends. Not every spirit brand needs to make a non-alcoholic product now. Right. Maybe that's not their lane. Right. But it's finding the people who are still drinking their product and really mm-hmm. resonating with them yeah. and creating those brand loyalists versus oversaturating things. Right. It's already an oversaturated market. Yeah. And I like that you said that too, where it's like drinking smarter and drinking quality spirits, because that's actually one of the reasons why I've always been, you know, some people would call me too bougie for this, but like I, I can't drink when I'm at a club because mm-hmm. 
I just refuse. Like, there, all these drinks are too simple. Yeah. And I need a craft cocktail. 100%. And part of that is because I want, like, a quality vodka in there mm-hmm. and, like, be able to be able to tell them. Whereas if I'm just ordering at, like, a club bar or something or bottle service, it's just very, like, orange juice and, like, yeah, maybe you'll get some Grey Goose or whatever. But yeah. to me, it's, like, not even worth it going into my body because I obviously this podcast is partially very, like, health and mindful living mm-hmm. focused. And it, it's because of that, you know. Yes, call me bougie. But, like, if I'm going to drink, I'm going to just do it well and do it right mm-hmm. and for me because i i don't need a lot of alcohol to just feel good one martini is enough you know and and something that tastes good and you can enjoy it whereas uh, if it's just very bland like i get made fun of this for all the time too like people who can drink a lot they're yeah. like wow like you're such a baby and i'm like i don't know like i just want to enjoy the drink though and, and i don't need to be crazy drunk and i don't know there's something nice to know like there's healthy ingredients like now i'm gonna only do like potato vodka from last night (laughs) right it is so nice to know there are those options and i think a lot of other cultures use alcohol and spirits as a way to celebrate and you talk to shirley Mm -hmm. mezcal campante's founder she um talks about you know living slow yeah and i think that's something that people are starting to focus more on with drinking Mm -hmm. is they don't need to be pounding shots necessarily right. all the time, right. all for balance. Yeah. But if you can have a really quality product, you're buying less drinks. Yeah. Um, you're feeling better the next day. Mm-hmm. And on all honesty, it's probably a lot stronger. Yes. And it does the trick. Yes. And yeah, I think as we get older, like learning that you don't need to be having burnettes yeah. to have fun. Like I can spend a little more on my spirits. Right. And it will enhance my overall life. Yes. And I'm not drinking for whatever you know four times a month i'm drinking once a month yeah and i can really enjoy it and it's an experience yeah um i think sometimes the issue with people like especially closer to our age is that it is more of an expensive drink so then it they're like oh if i want to get three of these it's too much right but i think it's like shifting that mindset into thinking well do i really need three and also like to me it's just like food if i'm gonna eat i want i I consider what i eat as like my medicine you know it's 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 my health and that's my top priority because if i'm not healthy i can't show up i can't you know walk i can't work out i can't do all these things and so Mm -hmm. if i don't have the baseline of like what i'm eating and what i'm drinking then everything else is going to suffer so i treat alcohol like that too right you know yeah and Typically, people are so hungover because of the sugary additives in either spirits or cocktails. Mm. So when you are increasing the quality of your spirit or having a craft cocktail or having something on the rocks, you are benefiting your health in a certain way if you're choosing to continue to drink. Mm. Um, And then you get used to that taste and you appreciate that more. And then you go back to a sugary drink Mm -hmm. and it's almost like you can't stand it. Yeah. I'm all about the health and wellness. I'm in that era too. Yeah. And it's so fun. And I'm oversaturated and inundated with information thanks to TikTok. Yeah. But I love it. And like I love trying new trends and Mm -hmm. seeing if it works. Yeah. So now I do my apple cider vinegar shot. Oh, nice. Every day in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my little like, okay, I'm still fun. Yeah. Good for the stomach. Hard to go down, but yeah, yeah, really good for you. (laughs) Yeah. No, I'm all about drinking drinking a good juice in the morning that's Mm -hmm. like good for the stomach especially if I wake up and I'm bloated or I just know that I have a tendency to get bloated that week whatever then I just will make sure I like take in the health precautions and make sure I do do well (laughs) something I think my dad taught me this if I'm going out I'll do a shot of olive oil with like half a lemon juice oh I was like oh my god and I mean it's like a thick shot it doesn't 
Yeah, but oh, it, well. it really helps just like recalibrate your liver and all of that stuff. Oh, and really? Like kind of coach your liver. Okay. I'm not a doctor, so okay. this is, <laughs> yeah, blame my dad. But yeah. um, I've done that a few times before like a friend's birthday celebration. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, it works. It works? Yeah. Oh, nice. You have to try it and let me know. Okay. I've made some of my friends try it. And I think the jury's still out on if everyone notices okay. a difference. Yeah, I definitely want to Google that too, especially because yeah. for anyone that um, I think I have friends who definitely get very hungover yeah. and just don't always feel the best after drinking a lot. Mm-hmm. So maybe they should definitely give that a try too. Always worth a try. Yeah. If there's one thing you would do differently in like the past few years, what would it be? Or or something that you're in general that you're, you're glad that you did because without having done that, you wouldn't be where you're at right now? That's a good question. I have like an answer for both. Okay, share both. So for the first one, I think is to relax a little. Okay. What we talked about earlier, how I was always thinking of the next step and mm-hmm. what's to come. Didn't take me fully out of the moment, but now I look back so fondly on my memories from mm-hmm. growing up. And if only I could have just enjoyed them at the time too mm-hmm. versus – wondering what I was going to do next in my career, when I was going to get the promotion. Mm -hmm. So if I can give people advice is to be content with where you are, Mm -hmm. but you can still strive for more, but to also realize the success you're in at the time. Okay. Yeah. Something I'm happy I did and continue to do and probably will continue to do is put myself out there mm-hmm. just like with the new business stuff yeah i mean i've been doing that since i was younger like if i wanted a part in the play my dad was like you should email them yeah and tell them you want it yeah and you my first thought is i'm not gonna do that like why would i put myself out there yeah. i what if i get rejected mm-hmm. but for some reason i listened to him and it always would work out it doesn't always work out now. Right. But when I was passionate about a job opportunity, sending that email is something I never regretted, mm-hmm. even if I didn't hear back. Mm-hmm. Sending a follow-up is something I've never regretted. So I think owning rejection yes. is hard to do. Dating. I was going to say, just yeah. even sending that text, there are so many times I'm really glad I did Yeah. versus like wishing I I like had sent the text like right. I'm glad I was on the other side mm-hmm. of the coin even like reaching out to friends like yes. just always glad that you've put yourself out there and mm-hmm. I think it's easy to get cut like stuck in your own way for me especially on that second one too I think about how personally I would rather I would rather be like at least I did it mm-hmm. than wonder what would have been the outcome had I sent that message right whether it's business friend or partner boyfriend yeah. whatever romantic yeah 100 yeah. like being putting your 100 percent into something yeah that way you leave it and you don't have any questions like yes. you're not second guessing yourself you can be proud of how you handled it mm-hmm. and the outcome matters less and less yeah i think entrepreneurship is 75 percent rejection yeah in some way or another and it's okay 100%. I've heard podcasts before. They're like, practice getting rejected every day. Yes. I don't do that directly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think there is some like science behind that. Oh, there is. And yeah. like take a no, take it on the chin, take a failure and learn from it and yeah. move forward. Yeah. You build the muscle. Over time, yeah. I noticed 
I noticed the stark difference. People go like, why are you not scared of that? I'm like, what do you like? What is there to be scared of? But like, I look back, I'm like, you asked me this at like 22 is a whole different story. You yeah. know, it's like a slow build. It does not happen overnight, you guys. But like, it's every single day, every week doing small things that like scare the shit out of you. Right. You know, <laughs> 100%. Elisa's uh, dad gives us this advice. He's like, all the things you typically worry about never happen. Mm. So like, yes, you could spend so much time worrying about an outcome or something, yeah. but typically none of that happens Mm -hmm. or if by the time it happens you either have a solution for it or it doesn't impact you for sure for sure yeah yeah that's huge book recommendations you have any could be business or fiction whatever or both okay four agreements okay it's great for like personal and i think it just across the board Mm -hmm. um i read the daily stoic every day Ooh, do you i do as well yeah i have done that for three years oh nice Every day, loosely, I'd say the first two years I read it every day. This year, I'm like in and out. Yeah. Um, Atomic Habits. Great book. Was a great book. Yeah. And then me and Elisa did a little book club Aww. and read Tell Me Lies. Okay. It's a fiction book. They made a Hulu TV show about it. Oh, really? Yeah, that was fun. Okay. I like it reinvigorated my like desire to read yes because it felt like you're watching a tv show in a book yes which i know is the point yes <laughs> but it was just it was so like interesting it had nothing to do with work nothing to do with business yeah. it was like a soap opera book yeah um and it was a fun read for sure yeah. i got into just good fiction and literature again last year and mm-hmm. it's such a nice escape from yeah. all of like the business stuff that i'm already like consuming so sometimes like i need to like put the business book down and just pick up the fiction right you know 100 <laughs> it's 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 really important to do that and just like, yeah, diversify your thoughts. Yeah. All right. Well, last question, and you might be expecting this, but in reflection of everything, what would you say ultimately fulfills you in life? I feel like my answer is a little logical, mm-hmm. but I was thinking about this question and this concept. For me, I feel like sales is a huge part of a lot of work, mm-hmm. but it's the delivery that can set you apart. And genuinely, like what fulfills me is being able to deliver with what I'm going to do, whether that's for a client, because you can talk their ear off mm-hmm. in a proposal mm-hmm. and most people know what to say to get them to sign a contract. But the delivery is where sometimes people fall short Mm -hmm. and knowing so confidently that like our team can deliver is so fulfilling to me, Mm -hmm. knowing that we can deliver to make sure employees are feeling fulfilled. Mm -hmm. Not that we're perfect, but we're growing with them is super fulfilling. It's finding like solutions, Mm -hmm. even if it's like the boring stuff of creating an onboarding process that's really streamlined. Right. I could be up till midnight doing that, which I know isn't late for some people, but (laughs) I could be doing that all night and like loving it. Yeah. And I feel like when you kind of lose track of time, that's when you know you're fulfilled. Right. And I feel like it always comes down to like the way you're impacting people. You know, I've noticed that as a common theme in everyone's answer, even if it's not about people directly it's something to do with people Mm -hmm. that you're doing for them or to them or with them yep it's all about like altruism yes so having that like desire to help Mm -hmm. and for so long i thought i had to help someone in a certain way like become a therapist Mm. but my parents gave me the advice you can help people with what you enjoy doing yes marketing can be tough with that but finding a purpose like with the clients we work for Mm -hmm. is so fulfilling yes and it's so 
like how do you find fulfillment in what you're doing at the moment Mm -hmm. is something I've tried to focus on and it makes work and life a lot more fun. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Where can everyone find you? Share Spirited Media, your Instagram, all the socials. Yeah. So we're at Spirited Media Inc. on all socials. And then my personal social is at Snur for sure. Um, <laughs> if you find it, you find it. If you don't, that's okay. <laughs> Perfect. I'll link it in the show notes so okay. people can uh, click on it and find you there. Perfect. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, this thank was fun. you. And that was all for today's episode with Sam Richards, CEO of Spirited Media. If you enjoyed this conversation, please be sure to share this with a friend, someone you know that could feel inspired or motivated from listening to this episode. And if you've been listening for a while, it would mean the world if you just take a few seconds to rate and review the podcast on Apple or Spotify, wherever you listen. And for all of the merch, you can find them at whatfulfillsyou.com, especially the best-selling card game, journal, hoodie, you name it. It is linked in the show notes and you can get 10% off with the code whatfulfillsyou10 at checkout. Thanks again for tuning in this week. I will chat with you all next time. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.